welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast, where we strive to bring you useful and timely information to inspire and encourage you on your journey with histiocytosis. This is episode 006 from LCH to bullying, how one patient is using her experiences to make a difference. Welcome to this edition of the podcast. In this episode, we have our first interview with a histio patient. Carol Fergosa's story is one of hope, perseverance, and determination, and I know that she will inspire you in the same way she inspired me to push through the difficult times because there's something good that comes out of everything. Well, hello, and welcome to our histio community. On today's episode, we have a very special guest with us named Carol Fergoso. Carol is a college student and a histio patient who has an amazing story of hope and encouragement and inspiration that we are excited to share with all of you today. So Carol, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. And I'm so happy to be on here and, you know, inspire those. Of course, I had um, LCH, Langerhans cell histiocytosis, when I was about a year old. Um... I had four different types of chemo for it. And, you know, I had I had it in my spine. I had it in my eye, which sadly caused me to lose my eyes and have other health conditions in the long term. Wow, that's um, it's a it's a story that um, I think a lot of people can relate to, although um, LCH is something that can be found in many different systems of the body. It's a, it's a story that people can relate to in just the, the various different things that they've had to go through and different um, types of chemo and treatments that they've had to endure. So first off, I would just like to, again, welcome you and thank you for being here and for sharing your story and being being brave to share that with everyone, all of our listeners. Um, I know that this is going to resonate with them and they're going to find a lot of hope and encouragement in your story. So tell us a little bit about like what you remember. I know you were very, very young when this happened. What do you remember about going through this, this disease? So I've, um, so from what my mom has told me, you know, I was never left out of like knowing what LCH is or knowing what I went through. The biggest tumor that I had was in my left mandible. And my mom had thought it was just a regular um, mouth infection. And so she brought me to the doctors. They gave me um, an antibiotic, amoxicillin, and it turned out I was allergic to that. So then with further testing, that's where they found out that I had LCH, where I had the left mandible tumor. I had a, I had a tumor also in my... Um, in my left eye, and then a tumor, a slight lesion in my spine. So what was done for that was, of course, chemo. Then at a year, I had another relapse. Mm. And I had to go through another set of six months of chemo. And well, it's been really hard. I at a year old, I lost my eyesight in my left eye. So I've, I've been half blind my whole life, which 
isn't, I'm not going to say it isn't terrible, but it was something to come to terms with growing mm -hmm. up. And so now due to the Langerhan cell histocytosis, I have various medical issues such as diabetes insipidus, von Willebrand's disease, vitiligo, um, low growth um, hormones, anemia. So my body, I guess you could say my body doesn't handle all of the vitamins in good. Mm -hmm. And so that's another thing, anemia, low, low bone mass. And so it's been really hard, you know, growing up, especially with the diabetes insipidus, I have to take um, Desmopressin or DDAVP for life now because I am very dependent on it. Mm. And I know that that DI is one of the biggest long-term effects of LCH. Mm. So, of course, you know, it's really hard living with that and, you know, always having to have medication because I don't know in the long case, if I don't take my medication, I will fall into a seizure. And I've had three when I was younger, where I guess you could say I could taste the medication. It was in pill form. When I was younger, my mom would crush it up and I would taste it. And I wouldn't want to eat it. Mm. And so I, I, I've had seizures in the hospital. Now that I'm older, I know that that's very you know dangerous in my case. So I don't want to go through that, but it is hard living on medication and knowing that you can't be off of it. So what was that like for you as a child going through like your school years and all of that was, um, did you, did you feel different or did you feel left out in any way or was it just a normal childhood? Growing up, it was very hard, you know, elementary school. Like I said, I have vitiligo, and during elementary school, I had it all over my face. Mm. So I was bullied for looking different. I was bullied for looking different for, you know, of course, I guess you could say getting a special treatment since in elementary, I had the 504 plan. So I guess you could also say I was bullied for having the special treatment or being treated differently also at um, by my teachers. Mm. Then element, um, middle school came and I was bullied, but more so on also on how I looked. But during this time, I didn't have the vitiligo. So it was more towards my eye since it's mm -hmm. it's like a blue grayish. And so, of course, to anyone, it'll be different. Everyone will have questions. Everyone will like think, oh, OK, she won't be able to do everything that everyone else can. So during middle school, there was a girl who um, spread rumors saying I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna be able to fall in love. I wasn't gonna be able to succeed. I won't be anything in life. And so, of course, during your teenage years, that's when all of that hits you really hard. Mm -hmm. And that was at that point in my life. Um, I didn't want to take my um, Desmopressin anymore. Mm. I didn't want to take it because I was like, okay, well, I'm sick. I was like, what's the point? I fell into a huge depression. I started self-harming myself. And so, of course, self-harming myself is a really 
terrible thing with someone with Von Muller bands. You don't know if you cut a nerve and you suddenly you don't get to the hospital and you suddenly bleed out. And so growing up, it was really hard, always getting bullied, always going back to therapy. And then it just wasn't it wasn't normal, but I wouldn't say it also wasn't bad. You know, my mom always taught me to be tough and to not let it get to me. Although during middle school, it did, it did, I did let it get to me, of course, since that's like more teenage years where everything gets to you, where you start questioning yourself, questioning your self-worth or like questioning like why this or why that, you know? And right. so for me, that was a huge thing. But I know growing up, my mom never treated me differently from my siblings, she always she gave me chores. She taught me how to like defend myself. Although I was very shy when I was younger because of all of that. She taught me how to defend myself. She taught me how to do everything that a normal child would do. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm older, I know how to cook, I know how to clean, I know how to do my own laundry. I know how to I know how to get around places even though I don't know how to drive. I know how to get around. And, you know, I really do appreciate, you know, my mom for getting me to learn all of that. Although I was really, I was really tough on her. I I will say that I was really, I was really a challenge on for her due to all of that. Yeah. And so. I think a lot of times teenagers can be a challenge in general, but add on a lot of, you know, extra, extra issues like being bullied and things like that. I'm sure it was a tough, tough time for both of you. Yes, it was, you know, I guess you could say I'm the oldest of the three. So of the three of me and my siblings. So, of course, you know, it's tough to see your oldest suffer, especially when she's a baby. You know, my mom suffered through seeing me in the bed. Um, I remember she once told me that um, I started convulsing and she wanted to be by my side, but the doctors wouldn't let her and they had to drag her out kind of because she didn't want to leave my side and so I know my mom went through a lot and I really do appreciate her for that and for helping and for helping me push through everything because of course during high school that would be where I finally where I finally was like okay you know what this is who I am I can't change anything and so during high school as well, I had a friend and we were in a group project and it was me and three other boys. One of them was my friend and one of and, and one of the boys that I didn't know asked me, oh, what happened to your eye? And usually when I get that question, I just say I was born with it. I don't I don't like giving the whole story because I don't I feel like I somebody that doesn't know much about it wouldn't understand so I just said as I was opening my mouth to say I was born with it my friend goes and he's like oh she was born with it say something and I will beat you up (laughs) so then from there his friends became my friends more people started saying like hey I like your contact even though it wasn't a contact or hey you look cool or so then 
from there, it started escalating. And I um, pushed my bangs away because in middle school, I would hide my eye because I, I wasn't comfortable with anyone seeing my eye. Of course, I looked different, more different than what I already did. I still, you know, hid it from, I guess you could say, the world. So I wouldn't, like, potentially get hurt again. Right. So I pushed them back. I became more confident. And now in college, now I'm a senior in college and am more open to it, more open to explaining it, explaining what happened, what I went through. And, you know, hoping that this, that it, my story would help or get into someone's ear that's going, that's going through the same thing. Well, this is, this is a good way to do that. This will get into lots of ears to hear your inspiring story. So let's um, go back for just a second. You were talking about how while you were in school, um, because of everything that was going on with you, there, there was an aspect of self-harm in there and um, just some things that you did to try and cope with the situation. And yet you also said that... Um, in a lot of ways, it wasn't so bad. So that tells me that there is a there is a strength inside of you that um, something something inside of you that made you look at this in um, more of a positive way than a negative way at at some point. So tell me more about kind of what was going in your mind and on in your mind and kind of that process, your thought process through those years. So one huge one like major person that helped me with this was of course you know my mom she has been with me through everything through thick and thin I guess you could say there's not enough to like say through because of everything that like she's gone through with me mm-hmm. and so <clears throat> she's a bigger she's the the biggest I don't know how to explain it, but the biggest person that I would say was the reason on why my mindset changed on all of this, as well as, you know, my friend in high school. There's a lot of aspects where, you know, you're now getting starting to get closer to adulthood. You Mm -hmm. know, once you're graduating, you're 18, going to college. And so throughout my high school years, I was like, okay, well, it is what it is. You know, I'm like this for a reason. I don't know the reason, but I know what I went through. And of course, what I'm still going through, because I'm not going to say like, it all disappeared. Right, right. But it's for a reason. Do I know the reason? No, not really. And it's just, I guess you could say now that I'm older and know that there's people out there that have this disorder or this illness is another factor on why I'm more open to it. In college, I found out that there's somebody that also has DI, diabetes insipidus. And so I always thought that I would never meet somebody with diabetes insipidus or Never even, I guess could say in my whole life, I never even thought that I would get in contact with an association of histiocytic disorders. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm here, you know, sharing my story, I'm happy that, you know, it, my story can ex- inspire those 
that may or may not be going through the same thing that I went through when I was younger or mm -hmm. now. Yeah. That's a lot of strength and a lot of, um, it's probably the best attitude you could have, right? And I think that just as humans in general, we spend so much time trying to kind of cover up our flaws or cover up um, what we're dealing with. And um, I just want to applaud you for your vulnerability and coming out and, and, you know, telling, telling your story and what you went through. And, you know, a lot of times people will make judgments uh, about, um, about people based on how they look or something that they have or that they're dealing with um, without knowing the whole story. And, and really that's a reflection of their own insecurities. So um, I think that you just sharing your story is going to go a long way in um, helping people to understand that, you know, we're all flawed in some way, in some way. We've all got something going on. Nobody is perfect. So um, I think that this is, this is great that you're doing this. And also a shout out to the parents who are, who are there for their kids and um, are up all night sometimes and in and out of hospitals and everything else, all the things that they deal with and, and do it because of the unconditional love that they have for their children. And so that is such a beautiful thing. So I want to make sure we shout out all the parents as well, because um, it's, it's hard for them as, as well going through this and watching their children go through these things. So, Tell us a little bit, you kind of touched on the association and, and how um, it's somewhat of a comfort to be able to meet other people who have what you have and are dealing with what you're dealing with. So how, how did you find the association and become involved with us? So um, this past spring semester, I was in a journalism class. And in that journalism class, we had to write either a speech, um, an opinion factor or like opinion article. And so I decided to go with the speech and we had to give 10 topics. And so some of my topics were like cats or like sleep or food, like j just broad topics. But then I was like, okay, let me get deeper. And then I started going cancer, Von Willebrand's disease, then, then Langerhans cell histocytosis. I went and I had a meeting with my professor about my topics and she had told me, you know, you could do any, anything with cats or like anything with sleep or anything with food, but like what's one that is more of a personal as well as factual. And so I said, oh, well, one that's really personal to me is Langerhansel histocytosis. With that, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll hear more about Carol's journey, how she connected with the Histiocytosis Association, and what her future holds. We invite you to virtually join us Saturday, September 18th for our annual Camp Out for Histio. Where will you sleep? Under the stars? In your living room? Or a camper? The choice is yours. Visit histio.org slash campout to register. Welcome back to part two of this episode. 
In this half, we'll learn more about Carol's journey, including the exciting career path she's chosen in which she plans to use her experience to help others, and an inspiring message she has for anyone dealing with histiocytosis. Let's dive in. And so I said, oh, well, one that's really personal to me is Langerhansel histiocytosis. And so I started sharing my story to her too. And so she was like, that is very impactful. She was like, do you know like what, how much is going in for research into that? And I was like, and I was like, I haven't looked into that, but I will. And so one of the assignments was to look for an agency or a non-profitable agency that does funding for research on LCH. And so I looked it up and I found the Histocytosis Association. You know, I I had called first instead of sending an email. I called first and I was like, hi, I'm Carol. Um, I had LCH when I was a year old. I'm now 21. And, you know, I was wondering if I can get information for my paper. And then afterwards, I got an email from the executive director, Diana, and she sent me an email saying, hey, you know, um, I got a little, I got a word about you of, you know, wanting to know about some information. And so she gave me the information that I needed, but then she also asked if we could meet. And I said, of course. We met, I shared my story with her and she was also overwhelmed. And I was too, because that's my first time meeting somebody that has had LCH when they were younger. Mm -hmm. And so in my paper, I shared her story as well, as well as mine. And of course the facts, And, you know, how a lot of research has gone into finding a cure or a secure treatment for LCH, you know, to find a secure treatment instead of, you know, doing the chemo or radiation, you know, as me, like me, a lot of children get this when they're younger, you know, a lot of children get LCH when they're babies or even toddlers chemo is so harsh for them since their immune systems are now just building up so of course chemo and radiation is very hard for them so of course you know I really do um appreciate all the funding that the his funding and research that the histiocytosis association is doing to be able to find that for future generations. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that is ultimately our, our, our vision is a world without histio. So um, something that we're working towards every single day to try and help patients like you and everyone else. And um, hopefully one day we will see that. And hopefully one day this organization won't need to exist anymore. That would, that's the ultimate goal, right? Yeah. Okay, so right now you are in college. What what are you studying? What are you working towards? And did your did your histio have anything to do with that? Did it did did that inform what you were doing, or are you or tell tell us all about that? So yes, I'm in college, and I am a psychology major with a wellness minor. 
the huge reason on why I chose psychology was because, of course, during middle school, I got bullied and I went to therapy. And during that time, my therapist was a huge help on getting me out of that dark space. So that motivated me to like want to pursue that type of line of work, but specifically more for children, you know, because I, although children, although everyone may think, okay, children don't go through stuff, children do go through stuff. They just think it's normal at such a young age. Mm. But I feel like children need to have, I guess you could say, a pillow to talk to or a pillow to cry on. So I want to be like that person for children to come and be comfortable and talk. And so that's like a big major reason on why. So everything that I've gone through was a big part of that. A big aspect was, you know, what I went through with LCH with, um, you know, of course, losing my eyesight in my left eye. And so I want to be, I guess you could say that safe haven for children that may be going through the same thing. It doesn't have to be, of course, you know, them suffering through an illness. But if that's the case, then I'll know how to reciprocate and give them as much advice as I can, even though in a way that they would understand. Mm -hmm. So that's my goal. That's, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. You know, you said earlier that, um, you know, that, that you've gone through this for a reason, and maybe this is the reason so that you can help so many other kids who need that place that need that safe place and that safe person to talk to in order to process through, um, sometimes what are very big emotions that they don't know how to deal with. So, um, I commend you for that. I think that you're going to be excellent at this and um, that you're going to help a lot of people. So that's, that's amazing. So um, now that you are an adult, do you, do you still have times that you feel kind of down about this kind of like depressed or anything like that? And when, and if you do, where do you find comfort and encouragement to kind of bring yourself out of that place now that you're an adult? So now that I'm an an adult, I guess you could say, of course, I do have, you know, those days where I'm like, you know, low and sad. Like, okay, again, why? Like, why am I going through this? Why am I this? You know, questioning my self-worth on why everything is happening to me. And so... A huge thing that I like to do, which has always been my coping mechanism, is listening to music. Mm. And although it may seem something small, the I guess you could say the energy of music just lifts me up. And then, of course, you know, looking back or thinking back of everything that I've went through and everything that I've succeeded through. You know, and, you know, knowing that if I was able to go through everything that I went to, I know I'm able to get up, 
push myself and restart, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's a huge part of like when I have like those days is like music or like and thinking back. Definitely looking looking back on past wins and past successes is um, great motivation to push us forward. I think that's that's awesome. And um, I think music can cure just about anything. <laughs> Any bad mood, you can you can find a piece of music that makes you uh, lights you up. It's kind of a universal language, right? I love I love some good music. And you know, also with like looking back, you know. I have a magazine where, of course, I was part of the of my school's magazine sharing my story. So I'll like look at that and, you know, know that I was able to do that after everything that I've gone through or look at my pajamas from when I was in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Look at pictures of what I've gone through. Look at pictures of me being in a hospital bed you know, that truly does give motivation to, you know, keep going. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What what would you say that you have, is the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself through all of this? The biggest thing that I've learned through all of this is that I can, that I can do everything somebody else can do, that I can do everything someone without health issues can do. I can go to work. I'm going to school for my bachelor's. You know, although I don't drive yet, I do want to learn, but I know how to get my way, um, get to where I need to go. I learned how to get on public trans, trans transit. And so that's one thing that I've learned is which is one thing that I really had to learn when I was younger. Because when I was younger, I felt like I couldn't do everything. I felt like I couldn't do that. I felt like I couldn't do the other because of, you know, being half blind and having Von Willebrand's disease, you know, knowing that I had to be very careful not to get cut, not to get bruised up. But now that I'm older, I'm like, okay, I can do it. I just have to be cautious, Mm -hmm. you know? but I know I can do it. And so that's a huge thing that I had to learn about myself is knowing that I can do it. You know, there's a lot of people in the world where they they don't have an arm or they don't have a leg or they may have something major than what I had. And so knowing that I can still see, I can walk, I can, you know, use my hands, I can potentially I can honestly do anything that a healthy person can do I just have to always have my medicine I just always have to have caution but I guess you could say that's what a regular person does you know always have caution with what they're doing you know have caution and not get hurt hurt and so and of course you know if by any chance they have to take medication you know take their medication but like potentially, I guess you could say I am normal, just with some exceptions. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic way to put it. And, and, you know, this is um, 
This is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast, because, um, you know, after our, our first conversation, just hearing the, the positivity and the, um, the growth that you've experienced through this and how you can come out with um, such an inspiring and encouraging story in, in a positive way to help other people to realize that um, they're we are unstoppable if we put our mind to it. And if we, um, if we choose to look at things positively, instead of look at all the, looking at the negative things or the things that we lack, look at the things that we can do and the things that we've come through. And that's what, that's what makes your story so incredibly inspiring to me. I just love your outlook and your attitude. And um, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. I think you're great. And I think you're going to go very, very far. So talking about going far, what do you see for the, the future of Carol? Where is where is Carol going? So Carol is going as of now for her bachelor's. And of course, I'm not stopping there and possibly go for her master's as well. Try to get after my bachelor's, try to get a job involving, you know, children. And so even though now that I'm even though now that I'm not doing that in random places, if there's a child, I get along with them and I start a conversation out of nowhere. I guess you could say I have that connection with kids. Like there's another place where there's a store called Burlington. That store, I was there and it was a very long line. And I was behind a father and a little boy. And this little boy was, he just started showing me like everything that he got. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And, you know, just keeping the conversation and we're just talking. And like, if like if we had known each other for quite a while. <laughs> so it sounds like you're, you're going into the, the right field. It sounds like you connect with children easily and um, we'll be able to do exactly what you, you're aiming to do in helping them. So your future looks very, very, very bright. Thank you. <laughs> so to kind of close this out and finish up, what what message would you like to share with other histiopatients? What encouragement do you have for those who are going through what you went through or um, what else would you like to say directly to them? That you can do it. That even though you may not believe in, believe that you can do it, you can. It may be tough now. It like everything that anyone says may get to you now, but in the long term, you can do it. You can do it if you put your mind to it. I know it's it, it'll be very tough and I can say that from experience that it was very tough to get where I'm at. A lot of people ask me how are you how are you so positive about this? But it's because you know, I did go through this, but I'm still here, you know? Like mm-hmm. I said, I'm here for a reason and if the reason is to, you know, share my story, be a psychologist in the future, then that's my reason. But I was able to do it and not give up. So that's another thing is not to give up. Although you may want to, because trust me, I've had so many, so many instances where I just wanted to give up. Mm. where I potentially didn't want to be here anymore. Mm. 
but knowing now that I can do it without giving up and just trying and pushing myself is what I feel everyone should do, you know, not give up, keep pushing yourself, find that small thing that can help you to cope. For me, it's music. Others, it's coloring. Others, it's writing in a journal. Others, it's reading. And then others, is looking back at what they went through. So using all of that as motivation is a huge thing to help push yourself to get where you want to be. Because I know everyone in this world has dreams. Mm-hmm. Everyone has dreams. And for me... I guess you could say a dream was to get to college. And here I am going into my senior year of college. So that's one thing that I truly want to say is never give up. Keep pushing because you can do it. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. It's amazing how the things that we go through can make us so strong and can, like I was saying earlier, if you, if you choose to look at it as, as a superpower, there's so much that you can do. And um, I definitely look at you as a superhero and um, quite a, a Histio warrior. And again, I just want to thank you so much for um, sharing your time with us, sharing your story with us. And um, I really believe that uh, your story is going to impact a lot of people. I think that you're going to touch a lot of lives with what you've been through and um, with the, the positive outlook that you have. And then going into the future, the, the career path that you've chosen as well. So again, thank you so much for being here today. It's, been, it's really been a pleasure talking with you. And I can't wait to put this podcast out and let the world experience the Carol that I've gotten to know. Well, thank you so much for having me. I truly do appreciate it. And of course, I truly do want to inspire others. I think I think you will accomplish that and already have. Thanks so much. Thank you. Wow, what an amazing story Carol has. And I'm so grateful that she shared it with all of us to learn from and be inspired by. I think the key takeaways from Carol's story are one, be kind to those who are different from you. We all have things that we're dealing with. Sometimes those things are visible and sometimes they're not, but we all just long to be accepted for who we are. And two, no matter what life throws at you, if you're determined and you set your mind to focus on the positive, you can get through anything. You can do it. If you or someone you know is experiencing bullying, you can find information and resources at www.stopbullying.gov. You can also find some additional mental health resources in the show notes of this episode. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and that it encourages you to keep pushing through no matter what the circumstances, because you have a purpose and a light to shine in this world. If you like this episode, please consider leaving a review, sharing with a friend, leaving us a comment, or taking a screenshot of the episode and tagging us on Instagram at histiocytosis underscore association. We've so enjoyed bringing you this episode of the podcast and look forward to sharing our next episode coming soon. Until then, take good care.